Hello and welcome to Limitless. I'm Jonathan Goubert and Limitless is not an IT podcast because while being digital is about strategy and organization, the truth is it's really about the people. So the people on our show are digital leaders that know what it takes when it comes to digital transformations. And we also talk to a top athlete who really knows what it takes to overcome hurdles. And today's show is called A Blooming Bit of Business. Now, my guests are Michel van Hout, the CIO of the Dutch Floor Group, and Martin de Router, Program Manager, 100% Digital by Royal Flora Holland. And my expert co-host is Rick Weimold, himself a consultant and one of the founders at Anderson MacGyver. Hello, Rick, I'm going to say hello to you first. Yeah, hi. Nice to see you again, Jonathan. And gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, excellent. Good to see you here. From Anderson MacGyver, this is Limitless. Now, uh, Michelle and Martin, I don't actually have to introduce you guys to each other, right? No. No? You guys know each other how long? For about two years. Yep. And where did you first meet each other for the first time? I think it was a meeting at Michelle's company where we explained the idea of 100% digital and what we were going to do with Floriday. So it was just like a business meeting the first time? Yep. Yeah? You didn't meet each other in a tulip field or anything like that? No. No, we didn't. <laughs> have you met each other at a tulip field? No. No? No? Good, be a good suggestion. You, uh, yes, I was about to say, you guys should meet each other in a tulip field. They're very pretty, I hear. Yeah, they are. <laughs> And uh, Michel, what exactly is the the Dutch Flower Group? And what I'm su- suggesting here is you're not the person I call when I need a new bouquet for my wife when we have a fight. That's right. So what is your role there? My role is uh, Chief Information Officer, which means that I have to accelerate the digitalization within Dutch Flower Group. Dutch Flower Group is a large family business, and it is also a family of companies. So we have a lot of uh, companies in the group they all uh, uh, focus on exporting flowers and plants from the Netherlands towards uh, different countries in Europe, but in fact all over the world. Uh, and that's where we, uh, where we uh, make our money with. Now, Martin, you've got your own consultancy, but you've worked for uh, Royal Flora Holland, the biggest, and this is a new word for me, floricultural marketplace mm-hmm. uh, on the whole planet, as we just discussed. Now, can you briefly tell me what you do there? Okay, I'm the program manager 100% digital for Flora Holland. And what I try to do is to get the entire sector to um, you know, get 100% digital, to do uh, digital trade with each other. And uh, Michel is one of our customers. And, and the Dutch Flower Auction actually is a cooperative of all kinds of growers uh, worldwide. So we have members in Ethiopia and Italy and the Netherlands. And uh, we supply flowers to companies like Michels. And, and it's not an exaggeration to say that this company is also very dominant yep. in, in the field. They are. How did it get to be so dominant? Well, I think what we created in the Netherlands is a sector um, by cooperating with each other. So the, the Dutch flower auction is a cooperative, but we also work closely with our customers. And that gave us sort of world domination in flowers. <laughs> <laughs> And, and working together. So the Dutch floricultural sector is a very important sector for the Netherlands as an economic factor, um, but also a worldwide renowned by the Dutch tulip fields, but also in the trade. Everywhere you come in the, in the world where there's a flower trade, you will find somebody who speaks Dutch. Yeah, right. It's not an exaggeration to say everywhere on the planet. Everywhere on the planet. That's amazing. Well, okay, so we always ask our guests to bring a sound that is meaningful to them and that somehow relates to their work. 
Uh, we have two guests today, as you can hear, and so we have two sounds. So let's uh, start with you, Michelle. Let's have a listen. Okay, so uh, to me, this sounds like a bunch of men uh, singing along to Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. <laughs> yes? Uh, but to other people, it may mean other things. Like, Rick, you, you actually come from Rotterdam, right? Yeah, that's absolutely my favorite uh, sound, too. So, uh, because why? Because mm -hmm. it's from, my, from the best team in the Netherlands. It's from Feyenoord. Uh, whenever uh, Feyenoord sco scores, which is lately a little bit uh, <laughs> difficult, <laughs> but uh, then uh, really, really exciting sounds. And then I'm also shouting this in my uh, room uh, when I'm watching TV. So, yes, yeah. I noticed you also swinging along with yeah. your shoulders yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it's, of course, Feyenoord is, a, is a, a soccer team. It's a football team. Yes. That's right. But, of course, you're not the one who brought the sound. Michelle brought the sound. So why this one? Basically, it is indeed what you said, the I Will Survive of Gloria Gaynor. Um, when you look into the lyrics, it is very strong lyrics. It is lyrics that whatever happens in life, that you will stand up and that you will survive every situation which is there. Therefore, it is also the gold tune of my favorite team, which is Feyenoord. Um, and even when we are 3-0 behind... And we score only one goal. Still the sound goes. Then still the sound goes. <laughs> because it is actually what belongs to Rotterdam. It is actually what belongs to a lot of things in my life. That whatever happens, that you can take it and that you will survive any situation. So that's, that's why I brought it. So let's relate this to your life. I mean, how does this apply to to your life, to you, to the way you work, anything you want to share? Yeah, well, let's let's put it to the to the, the uh, function of a CIO. Um, digital is not easy. Digital is sometimes lonely in in a company. Lonely? Uh, yeah, it can be very lonely. Why? Well, you are changing in things in the heart of companies. Not everybody is fond of that. Um, and, and you are busy with technology and people always expect technology to work perfectly as from day one. So we're going to come back to this. We're going to talk more about it in, in more detail. But first, let's go over to uh, Martin. You brought a sound as well. Let's hear it. So what we have here is the unmistakable sound of the sea. Why this? So um, my passion is everything on the water. So it be, whether it being uh, up in a sailboat, riding the waves with my waveboard, or uh, windsurfing, uh, so everything on the water. It makes my head clean. You know, there's you have to fight the elements, and and there's you cannot make mistakes uh, if you're in in well these are well calm waves, <laughs> but if you're, if if it's uh, well, let's say a six bow four, and you're out when you when you're windsurf board or you're riding the waves, then you have to be focused and concentrated. So, what is it? Windsurfing you're talking about? Uh, I do everything. I do wind windsurfing, kite surfing, uh, riding the waves. Well, with why the do you want to go out there when it's da crazy dangerous? Why are you doing that? Ah, well, uh, you know, I've seen you guys out there in yeah. your in your wetsuits yeah. on the crazy waves, and I think to myself, those people are out of their minds. Yeah, that's not fun anymore. <laughs> and uh, just one last question about this: You have your own consultancy, and it is called Waves Consultancy. Waves, oh, yeah. not a coincidence. Not a no, coincidence. Yeah, that's uh, where I'm at my happiest. <laughs> so. so, from water to ice, 
Uh, it's time for yet another personal message to you gentlemen from another overachiever, the great Yeroon Alter. Yeroon is a former world champion short track ice skating and the current national coach of the Dutch team. Here's Yeroon. From Anderson MacGyver, this is Limitless. Hi, Martin. Hi, Michel. My name is Jeroen Otter, and I'm the national head coach of the Dutch short track speed skating team. As a young teenager, I did work during the summer at the flower auction Aalsmeer, delivering the flower buggies to the forwarders. Very, very early mornings. Everything was done by small paper notes, as far as I remember correctly. The challenge you both faced by connecting the Royal Flower Holland and the Dutch Flower Group must have been a huge one. In Dutch Olympic sports, I know we have been a forerunner in automating our data. 20 skaters, 100 laps per skater per session means 2,000 laps. Hours and hours of multiple heart rates connecting to wellness, the rating of perceived exertion, and so on and so on. We needed to find a way to connect those all. Together with our Olympic committee, we did build a smart database so we can monitor all of our skaters. But almost simultaneously, we opposed that all regional short track teams to start using the same principle for their junior teams, our champions of the future, of course. In recent past, most teams had their own way of collecting data. Most skaters used a small training diary. Not uncommon was the use of a little paper notebook. Multiple junior teams across the Netherlands with up to 20 skaters in a team. Impossible for me and my staff to have a decent overview of what was going on on a daily basis outside my own training facility in Herenveen. Due to the fact that mo- almost everyone is using the same database these days, using the same language, so to speak, makes it easier to scout for talent. And the moment we have our eyes on someone, we can easily connect both databases. I'm very interested in how did you get plant and flower growers to change their way of administrating their products? Over 30 individual companies starting to use the same software. Our Olympic committee is investing to have all national government bodies, all the national sports federations to use the same system. How awesome would it be that we share information not only within the same sport, but intersport like? How do football players from Feyenoord, for example, taper prior to a competition compared to basketball players or swimmers. I realize most of us is still ahead of us, but at least we initiated the beginning. At the moment, Arne Slot is a new coach of Feyenoord. He would really appreciate a full background of all his players. Again, I have much respect that both of you connected a very traditional workforce to a highly demanding modern world with all his digital needs. Good luck with the podcast. You know, I had individual questions for you guys about this, but to be honest, when I listened to Yanun, what I'd really like to do is answer the question that he asked, which is how did you manage to, both of you together, manage to take this very traditional market and connect it all together? I mean, he's, he's let's be honest, he's full of admiration for how you guys did this. He, I think he fully understands what you've achieved, that you took something huge and it was heading in one direction. You managed to change directions. How'd you do it? Who wants to go first? You go first, Martin. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I think we're still also in the midst of it. Um, but uh, I think the first thing that made us connect uh, was the realization that we're not doing this for our own companies, but that we're doing this for a sector. 
that sector needs to change to make its way into this modern global world where the trade is international and a flower grower from Colombia will sell his goods to the Dutch flower group and then they will ship it on to Japan. But why did it need to change? Because the current way of working is, um, well, it has brought us up until here, but I think if we're not... Global domination. Global domination. But if <laughs> if, if we're not uh, keen on what's happening in the world, so there there are platforms developed in China or in South America or in Russia. If we're not doing that within the Dutch uh, floricultural sector, I think that we're, we will lose the game in the end. Uh, and I think that was the first realization I heard, uh, overheard um, uh, Michel also saying that you, within his company, and and that's on basis we connected on. You, know? you saw clouds gathering around the yeah. world yeah. that threatened the position. Yeah, yeah. Not, I, yeah, not only clouds, but also chances. Yeah. When you take the parallel to Jeroen Otter's world, a couple of years ago, the Klepskate was invented. That's this uh, amazing skate that sort of, it goes down and then it, fl- yeah. it it snaps back up and it gives the skater an amazing amount yeah. of push. It gives them a push. So a real professional skater can achieve much more with that skate than the traditional skate. When they have would all have not accepted that new technology, then they would still be on the, the traditional skate. And other countries in the world would use a clap skate and we would be nowhere. And that's the same for our industry. We have to adopt that new technology. When we don't implement it, we make the chances that other countries, other platforms pass passes in, in, in what way or the other. Um, yeah, that's what we want to uh, avoid. We want to stay the leading country, the leading sector in that sense and protect the 6 billion export value which relates to it. Can you give me a... An idea of the sense of urgency we're talking about here. Like, I could imagine you guys sitting around the table and in the boardroom and discussing where you were and where you, what you think the world was going to look like in 10 years' time. I, I'm like, I kind of imagine you guys, and please correct me. I might be wrong because I tend to be a bit dramatic about these things. Mm-hmm. But I kind of imagine a sort of a quiet, blind panic. No, I see his face. It's like, nah. yeah, not a quiet, blind panic. Um, it's hard to imagine something new which you have not seen working yet. So it requires some imagination. So what I encountered was that people are open to it, that they are absolutely willing to listen. Um, and let's bear in mind, we are a sector with a lot of entrepreneurs. So they have an appetite uh, uh, implementing something new. They are not anxious about it. They have no fear. Um, But they really want to know, are we in good hands when we take this path? Um, So it was more, uh, uh, okay, we can see the situation which has been depicted, but how do we get there? And how do we get there with a evolution instead of a revolution? So you're building towards something. This is a slow burn towards something as opposed to, say, uh, uh, a, a sea change, if you'll forgive the waves uh, illusion. A, this was a slow evolution building towards a change. Is that how I should think of it? Yeah? According there to wasn't me. A, there wasn't a moment where you scratched your head and you thought to yourself, we've got to change and we've got to change now. Otherwise, this is going to happen. Yeah, you need to start at a certain moment in time to be in time. 
Um, you don't need to be the fastest as long as you start in the right moment. Well, when was the moment when you thought, we got to do this? Ah, three, four years ago, I think. Uh-huh. And why? What happened exactly? What, cha- what, what made the, the switch in your head flip? Yeah, you see um, that, that, that the end of certain value curves are there. You see a lot of developments around you in the rest of the world. You see uh, how retailers are uh, acting and uh, change, uh, uh, changing the questions they pose to, to our organizations. That's when you, you start thinking, hey, something is, 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 is different than before. And then you need to come with the right answer. Okay, so let's talk about Floriday. Am I saying that right? Florida. Florida. Yeah. Florida. <laughs> because the reason why I'm asking this is because it's, oh, again, it's kind of a new thing to me. And, and when something is new, you're, you're a little bit unsure about how you even uh, say the name, let alone mm-hmm. understand the concept of yep. what's behind all of it. Yeah. So uh, uh, what exactly is Florida? If you'd have to describe it to somebody very briefly, and you do because it's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you have to describe it to somebody very briefly, what exactly is that? Uh, Florida is two things. Uh, f- at first, it's a platform where you can do digital trade. So uh, the flower growers can put on their offers and uh, flower buyers can buy. Simply as that. And the second thing is it's an infrastructure. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the underlying structures the underlying way we uh, exchange data. Well, and that's that's what, what why we are connecting uh, the big firms like Dutch Flower Group, um, but also all of our growers into this platform. And they can make a decision. They they use the platform, so it has also screens. You can go on it like you can go on Amazon. But the most important thing for the big companies is that you can connect it directly into your ERP systems. Right. So if I'm a if I'm a grower, how has my life changed now? Your life changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. When you take the, the, old, the good old days of a grower, then uh, uh, there was the harvest of a lot. And that brought, he brought that one uh, early in the morning to the flower auction. Of course, information was already uh, something which was needed. But that went almost physically together with the grower and the lot to the auction and was handed over together with the lot to the one who bought it. Which you see now... Which is the way one imagines this, right? This yeah, is yeah. the way. I yeah, have yeah. a product, you buy my product, here's the product. Yeah. Go take it from me now. Yeah. yeah, and what you see is that the physical part of, of this process and the information part of this process are being separated more and more and more and more. So in terms of bringing the lot only to the auction, he has to pre-announce that there is a lot available at his premises, at his... Uh, uh, factory, so to say. And it can be that somebody who wants to buy it already makes clear that they want to buy it, even before it is physically at the auction. So all these kind of changes are happening in, 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 in their lives. So it's pre-sold even before it gets there? Could be. Could be. <clears throat> it's not necessarily so, depending on the market circumstances. And the buyer... How has life changed for the buyer then? I've got something of an idea now. Well, the, yeah. the, the buyer, the same. Some of our buyers still uh, visit the flower auction at uh, 4.30 in the morning and look for the nice lots. But they can also look into the supply, which is in the platform, with some good pictures and some good quality indications and that they base their purchases on what they see there. And Martin, didn't you say it kind of looks like Amazon? Like you like go on the website and it's all sitting there and... Yep. 
Yeah, and you can literally order it like if, if, as if you were ordering from Amazon. Yeah, or you can even connect. So like uh, Michelle has done in this company, you can connect your web shops uh, where your end buyers are buying uh, to the system as well. So they can buy directly uh, at the growers. And for the, for, the, for the buyers, this sounds amazing. You know, I, just, I barely even need to, I mean, do they even need to come to the auction? Do they, do they sit in their office and do it there? You uh, know, maybe, maybe in different ways and less than before. Yeah. But you strongly depend on the data quality. Oh, oh, what do you mean? Well, when, <laughs> when, when, when the data is not put into the system by the grower in the appropriate way, then it's kind of hard to buy what you really want to have. Rick, this really depends on the data quality. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> and then also you need to have an information uh, IT landscape in-house to, uh, to provide that data and, uh, and the people knowing uh, what to put into the, to the data. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, and is this where you come in? Uh, we, we came in in 2016. It was February 2016. I still can remember it. Uh, for the former CIO, I think you guys were not there in 2016. Then we had a discussion with the board about the need of this uh, digital transformation, and uh, we supported in, uh, in a digital strategy, which was completely new in that uh, in that area. So the waves were not there; the perfect wave was not there. So we only showed them the sea, and we should move on there. And I think uh, yeah, they they started, I think, one year later to really go for. Uh, for that, and, to, and then, then they invented Flory Day. Um, so I think... What specifically did you guys do, though? When you, when you came in, you saw the situation, and you thought to yourself, this is what I've got to work on. This is what, what, what was that thing? Yeah, that's also maybe the same on the, on the data. We, uh, we looked into that infrastructure, was, which was at that time so old, so incredibly old. It was almost historic. It was almost a museum uh, over there, the IT uh, system. So no offense, uh, Martin, <laughs> but it's, it's completely renewed now for, for some parts. Uh, and we said, hey, come on, if this is happening in the world, you will never, never uh, have step up and you can catch, catch up the competition again. Was it still like what Jeroen Alter said, that everything was written down on little paper? Yes, it was, it was almost like that. Yeah, it's, and, and, and because it's so huge, it's, it's really difficult to change, you know. It's so many, I think, millions and millions of flowers and movements uh, over there per day. It's really incredible, difficult to change. Well, give us a sense of that because you do this job already for a very, very long time. You understand scale. Yeah. So in terms of your personal experience, exactly how big of a job are we talking about? Yeah, incredible. The, the, the change is, like is huge. The biggest organization you've ever had to no, work it, with? Or? No, that, that's not, but it's complex. No, it's, right. it's, uh, I heard that there were more uh, uh, transactions during the auction uh, as in skip hole, uh, uh, all the movements of the, of the, the suitcases, okay. etc. So it's, it's, it's incredibly complex. So what you're saying, there's more transactions than Schiphol has to deal with luggage. Yes. Schiphol, of course, is the second largest airport in Europe, one of the largest in the world. Yeah. Yeah. To give you an idea, um, uh, uh, you always hear stories about Black Friday, etc. We do a kind of a Black Friday every morning between six and seven, because then we reload 10,000 new products in our catalogs with new prices. So we never, ever have the same content in our catalog and we never ever have the same prices we do a load of all these stuff every morning so so we made a kind of a, a comparison to amazon but it's like what if amazon changed all their prices every day yeah is that correct yeah is that yeah and the content of their supply 
<laughs> Oké. Okay. Yeah. So, and then talk about data quality. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So when you came in, Rick, what happened, Martin? Um, what mainly happened is that, that people thought, uh, but I'm already digital because I'm sending emails. Uh, I'm, I'm sending uh, Excel sheets uh, with the offers to the Dutch flower groups. I'm sending pictures of my products uh, once every week or once every season. Uh, so what we had to do was make that closer to today and make it real time. And I think that's the biggest struggle we have to do right now. Uh, we want to get into real time trade so that if Michel is connecting his webshop where his buyers are buying, then he can rely on the data and he can rely that the lot that he wants to buy and sell to his customers is actually there. It looks like we promised it has the, the cutting stage or the, the, the ripeness, the openness of the flower as promised, and it looks like it actually looks on the on the photograph. And that's the most difficult thing to do. How'd you get people to do it then? Um, well, I think that a lot of people look at it uh, as, uh, well, I think a lot of people make the comparison to what they, um, what they see at home. So if they buy at Amazon or a bowl.com in the Netherlands, then they also are used to, okay, there's a picture and the product information is right. And if I push the button, I actually get it uh, at my at my place. People are sending it to my home. Uh, and in the flower industry, that's not normal yet. So we're trying to make that transition. And I think what helps is the push from the exporters. They say, okay, but if I push the button in Florida and I push buy, then I really want to have the product the way that I ordered it and not something else. So now we're talking about the growers, right? The supplier, right? They need to sort of step up and make things look the way they're supposed to look. That's what we mean by the quality of the data, really, isn't it, right? That the growers really need to, in your opinion, make sure that what they're selling and how it's being presented on Florida are exactly the same thing. Is this what we're... Did I characterize this correctly? And and it's on both sides. Uh, One of the jokes that uh, Michel and I uh, had uh, two, three weeks ago is we implemented a, a, a free field because there was a lot of demand. So we have a platform, it's working... And, and there was a lot of concern with the growers and the buyers that we should implement a free field, a free text. And because one of the favorite things they do right now is I want to order, let's say, a thousand white tulips. And I put in the free remarks, but if you don't have white, please give me yellow. <laughs> and, and this is, we were talking about this. I said, okay, Michel, how can I... How can I get rid of this field? Because, you know, this is not the way we're going to order. If somebody puts on white tulips with a picture and your buyers are going to tell to this grower, you know, if it's white, I'm ordering white, but if it's yellow, it's it's also okay. And then we're not going to move forward. And and these are the changes you have to make. So he and his company has to make sure that that the buyers uh, who are actually buying every day are, you know, actually ordering yellow tulips if they want yellow and white if they want white and not a mix of this. That's an interesting example. What is, in your opinion, both of this is a question to both of you, the number one biggest challenge in getting this thing implemented the way you want it to get to, to look in the end? The number one challenge. The number one challenge is that we are patient enough to give everybody the chance to catch on and that we are speedy enough to make it happen, let's say, within this year. Okay. 
So we need to be patient <laughs> and we need to be strict because all the 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 the, the exceptions uh, and Martin just shared one, they need to uh, uh, fade away, and that cannot be done in one day. So we want to have a deadline on on the one hand side, but we need to be patient for the companies, for the growers on the other hand uh, uh, side. So it is the people change, which is the most difficult one. It is not technology. It is all about the people, the ones who need to use the system. And when uh, a wizard can, 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 can come into this room and help solving that uh, uh, challenge, then it would be very nice. But that is the real challenge that we need to tackle. So tell me very quickly, because we're going to move towards the, we're, believe it or not, we're coming to the end of this thing. Can you believe it? You went really fast. Yeah. But so tell me just very quickly, how can you do that? How can you overcome that resistance? Explain, explain, explain. Um, don't uh, tell them that what they did was wrong, but that the future will look differently. That meaning it's going to be better. Believe me, like that. Like, trust me, guys, this is going to work in your... I didn't use the word better. I used the word differently. Ah, mm. is there a reason why you didn't say better? Yeah, because they don't believe it yet. Right. Okay. Okay. And you, you need front runners like uh, Michel's company or in, within the growers uh, community. You have also a lot of them, um, which prove that it will actually work and, and will create the business value. Um, and just by, by leading by example is, I think, very important in this. Um, so, Rick, what are your big takeaways from this show? My takeaway is that uh, what I see here is that two guys are really changing a complete sector. And so... Uh, it's very, very important. And I see a lot, lot of more sectors like ports, like uh, manufacturing, with the whole supply chains, etc. They need to change and to, they need to work together and, 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 and share data. And I think that's, for me, it's important what these guys are showing us. And uh, I like what you said, Martin, uh, look for the perfect wave. And uh, yeah, that's what you need to find. You need to work together to look together to, for the, to the perfect wave. And maybe sometimes create waves when it's needed. So that's my takeaway of this. Uh, that's right. And in the real final spirit, a lot of credits should go to the growers, to the teams, to the various companies, not only Dutch Flower Group, but also the other exporters yeah, that great. are very, very busy with this. Yeah. They deserve the credit. It's yeah. not It's not us. Okay. We only that's facilitate. That you say that. We yeah, only I facilitate. Agree. Agree. Right. Working together, that's, what, that's all about. And if there's yeah. a setback... I will survive. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, that is it for this episode of Limitless. Uh, this is Limitless from Anderson MacGyver. Today's guests were Michel van Hout, CIO of the Dutch Flower Group, Martin de Ruiter, Program Manager for the project 100% Dig- Digital at Royal Flora Holland, and Rick Beimelts, consultant and one of the founders at AMG. And of course, our podcast coach-in-chief, skating champ, and Dutch national short track team coach, Jeroen Alter. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having us. Limitless is a podcast from Anderson MacGyver. To learn more, go to our website, andersonmacgyver.com. And don't forget to share and rate our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Goubert. This was Limitless. And may your day be without limits. <laughs>